The first scripture reading today is Psalm 16. Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the holy ones in the land, they are the noble, in whom is all my delight. Those who choose another God multiply their sorrows. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out, or take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night. Also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol, or let your faithful ones see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The second scripture reading today is from the 20th chapter of the Gospel of John, verses 19 through 23. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said that, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Hear now the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, dear people, and welcome to worship at Utah United Methodist Church this second Sunday of Easter. My name is Jim Philpott. I'm a retired minister from the Holston Annual Conference up in Tennessee. I spent most of my ministry uh, as a clinical pastoral therapist uh, conducting a counseling office on behalf of the Chattanooga District. I'm now part of Beauty United Methodist and I hope you will come to love this church as much as I do. The psalmist says to the Lord, protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. It is this bringing together, this, this laminating of our lives to God's aliveness that is the mark of the resurrection of the Lord. The risen Lord calls upon us to join Him in the healing of this broken world. There is a balm in Gilead, as we sing, to make the wounded whole. Now tradition has it that the disciples were sheltered in place following the crucifixion of Jesus. Jerusalem was filled with turmoil and tension. The Romans had made it clear who was in charge. The religious leaders had gone along with it. The followers of Jesus had shrunk back into a shell of shock and denial. Notice the order of things in terms of power and importance. Empire was on top, popular religious views in the middle, and the humble truth of Jesus was the least and the last. The truth may set us free, friends, but it is often the last in last position in the rankings of this world. 
So this little band of followers were afraid and uncertain as we are afraid and uncertain today, wondering what the future holds for us. It was not just Thomas who doubted the reports of Jesus' resurrection. They all questioned it, just as we all questioned what's going to come next. In this uncertainty, Jesus seems to appear among them, offering words of hope and peace. The door was locked, and yet he showed up anyway. He breathed a new kind of virus upon them, one of love and openness. And with this breath of new life, he reordered the list of what was most important in life. No longer was the mighty power of the empire with all its threats and lawsuits and violence to be on top. No longer was the religiously sanctioned prejudice of the majority to be given creed. Instead, the resurrected Jesus would be aligning heaven with earth. Easter is God's way of putting into practice what Jesus had been teaching. The appearance of Christ is always an invitation for us to bring our living in line with his living. You remember that wonderful song from years ago with the, the, the off-Broadway play Godspell? Oh, dear Lord, three things I pray. To see thee more clearly, to love thee more dearly, to follow thee more nearly, day by day. So there you have it on this second Sunday of Easter in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. With this inspiring act, the act of breathing his spirit into the lungs of the scared and disheartened band of believers, the church began with the contagion of God's way the spreading of a gospel of good news that still infects people even to this very day. Now, I don't think it was a stretch to say that Jesus presented those fearful followers with a kind of challenge. It was as if he were saying, how we live in this crisis here and now says a lot about how we're going to live in general. He gives them a kind of choice what you forgive on earth will be forgiven in heaven and what you retain in your lives will be retained. He seems to be saying, all right, folks, either you learn to forgive and begin to align earth with heaven or you continue to be controlled by your fears and grudges and keep earth and heaven at odds. You remind me of what Peter uh, heard from Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you release on earth has been released in heaven. It follows the same direction of the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Remember, folks, it's not heaven that's having a great difficulty. It's earth. The risen Lord is all about getting our hearts and minds and our decisions and our commitments more in line with God's kingdom in God's way. That's the invitation of Easter. And so with these words, the church was born with a project. If you live as if the kingdom has come, it will. But if you live in ways that block God's love and mercy, the kingdom will remain a distant dream. We show our true colors in difficult times. We reveal our deepest commitments and cherished values. We, we've seen this all around us in the past few weeks. Hoarding and panic buying. Yes, I've gotten my extra toilet paper too. We've seen it happen as though we're not very trusting about what the future holds for us. 
It's amusing but also disturbing that we make liquor stores and gun shops essential businesses. It leads us to wonder what is most important in times like this. And yet, despite our runaway fears and our unspeakable anxieties, we have seen unselfish acts of love and care by so many. Troubling times may reveal the worst inclinations, but they also uncover our best intentions. Our frontline health care workers, our first responders, our food pantries, our neighborly telephone calls and check-ins, they are all signs of God's intention on this earth. They remind us that some people live as if the kingdom is here right now. Our truck drivers, our shoppers, our delivery folks, our grocery stores, our restaurant workers all remind us something that we have forgotten too easily. We are community, and in many ways, we belong to each other. It turns out that we've been neighbors all along. We just didn't know it. COVID-19 has shrunk our world and made it obvious. We are all in the same boat, so I have to say, be careful how you handle that war. Isn't that what Jesus said? Live in ways that illustrate the presence of God. And let go, give up, get rid of those things that keep God on the periphery of life. Act as if God is present in all situations. This is the truth. God is present in all situations, invited or not. Our job is to recognize it and to respond to it. It would be silly to imagine that we are exempt from the sufferings of life. Even modern day plagues, we are not. It would be even sillier to imagine that we will make life better by choosing actions and attitudes that are full of fear and resentment. We cannot. It is love that casts out fear. Pandemics like life's other great tragic terms give us a chance to imagine what is most essential in life. Is it not respect and forgiveness? Is it not the things that we can release here on earth and not the things we find? Treating others the way we want to be treated. Remember, what we forgive is forgiven and what we hold on to is held on to, perhaps forever. Cutting others out of our lives leaves us afraid and alone. But when we open ourselves to those around us, we'll end up feeling more secure and maybe even loved. I guess that's why Jesus keeps appearing among us, to share the love and reduce the fears. Well, let's go back a little bit. In the 1970s, I was pastor of a struggling little church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. One Sunday as we gathered for Sunday school, the word came that the apartment complex in the next little part of the town was on fire. I knew that Susan and Sue Shirley lived there, and I knew that Mabel Law and her daughter Mildred lived there as well. So I rushed to the scene, and there I found fire trucks and lights flashing and hoses going in all directions, and residents standing in their night clothes staring at the smoldering remains of many units. One person had been killed. It was a stark and sad picture. The fire missed the Long's apartment, but it stopped just short of the Shirley's. But there was heavy water and smoke damage, and they were required to move out for restoration. So I went to visit Miss Shirley one day. I always visited, uh, enjoyed visiting Miss Shirley. 
She kept those little eight ounce bottles of Coca-Cola in her refrigerator, and they always seemed to have more fizz than the larger ones, and she always offered me one sometime during the visit. I in my 30s, she in her 80s. I shared with her my disbelief at the horror of what I had witnessed at the fire, and I went on too long about the disaster. And finally she interrupted me with these words. Well, it wasn't as bad as some of the other fires. Other fires? I, who had never been through a fire in my life, thought, what other fires? This was the third time in her long life that she had been displaced by a fire. She remembered from childhood living in a house on Bell Avenue, and each room had its own little fireplace where they burned lump coal to heat the rooms during the winter. A spark led to a blaze and the house burned. She remembered her father ripping the oak mantle and frame off the fireplace and carrying it outside and leaning it up against the tree. She remembered them just sitting there watching their home being destroyed. I had never experienced such a thing. She had lived through two world wars, the Spanish flu epidemic, the Great Depression, the loss of her husband, and many smaller unmentionable fires. Just for a moment, I want you to think about this. Think back about the previous fires in your life world or a national tragedy, an assassination, a medical problem, an accident, a death, a loss, all the things that turn our world upside down and into pandemics. How did you and your family get through? Did you hold together or fall apart? Was there hope or despair? What resources did you call upon? How we handle this COVID-19 pandemic will say a lot about how we handle the rest of life. We have one planet and we share it with every living person and creature, and we need to start acting that way. Eventually, Miss Shirley and her daughter returned to their repaired apartment. It was a bad fire, but not the final fire. She died a few years later after a lengthy illness. Which direction will we go in? toward enlarging our community or toward preservation of our own small worlds. One has to do with a growing heart, the other has to do with a shrinking heart. Well, Miss Shirley smiled with a twinkle in her eye and she said, would you like a Coca-Cola? I said, yes, ma'am. And we had communion that day. The resurrected Christ reminds us we have choices to make. Think big. Love hard, share the gratitude. Amen. It's time for our offering this morning. We invite you to go ahead and give in two ways. One is by check. We are still accepting checks by mail and processing those. Also, you can go to our Buda UMC website where there is a giving menu and there are opportunities to give online as well as by text. Will you pray for the offering with me this morning? God, we give you thanks for all the gifts that you've shared with us. And in particular, we give you thanks for your presence this morning as we've gathered online. We ask that you be with us as we share these gifts back to you. Help us use them so that we can bring others closer to you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.